0: There was a, a nice uh, Shakespeare quote that said, you know, self-love my liege is not so vile of a sin as self-neglect, right? So, so there, we have to take care of ourselves. We have to respect ourselves. Um, and, and once you respect yourself, you know, there's, there's I think three main components of respecting yourself, right? There's um, the, um, um, emotional... Uh, mental and physical well-being so we have to develop those things we have to create routines to improve and continuously improve those aspects Um, and once we develop those aspects i think others around you will respect you inherently
1: hello beauty yes you join me host joyce platon as i chat with today's beauty wellness and lifestyle visionaries let's discover their motivating journey together as i merge my love for the art and my passion in revealing one's true inner beauty this episode is brought to you by Covey, the perfect skincare routine that's simple and effective with just three essentials for healthy skin. Shop the Covey routine at CoveySkin.com and get 10% off with code Hello beauty. That's HELLOBEAUTY. That's H E L L O B E A U T Y. To help spread the word of positive inner beauty, I invite you to please subscribe, rate, five stars would be lovely, and leave a review on Hello Beauty. This makes it easier for people to find the podcast. Thanks and enjoy this episode. Hey there, Joyce Baton here and welcome to Hello Beauty. Today's special guest is Dr. Anar Mikhailov. Anar is a Harvard-trained, board-certified dermatologist, the director of hospital dermatology at Leahy Hospital and Medical Center in Boston, and the founder of KPOA. With KPOA, Anar is introducing a new lipid repair concept for treating keratosis pilaris, one of the most common skin conditions second only to acne. Welcome to Hello Beauty, Anar.
0: Thank you. Thank you Joyce. Thank you for having me. I'm I'm excited to, you know, discuss who I am and why I'm here and our brand and everything related to or some things related to skin.
1: Yeah, I know that what we're about to discuss today is actually pretty close to my heart because I have very sensitive skin and then sometimes this certain skin condition that you will be talking about, I do experience every now and then and I really do want to get to the bottom of it. I know there's no one-all, be-all type of answer to everything, but with your type of work and expertise, I know that I will be able to get more answers and hopefully improve my skin condition. So on that note, I really want to know more about you first and your background and what inspired you to start your business which is KP Away.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Well, this is uh a fit, uh, on the record this is not a telemedicine consult. So, uh, <laughs> everything I say is uh not <laughs> not medical advice, but hopefully it's fun and Easy going. And so, you know, what we talk about, anyone can try because most things we talk about are over the counter products and things, uh, concepts rather than specific therapies. So, um, yeah, my name is Anar Mikhailov. I'm, uh, I'm a board certified dermatologist. I practice um, in Boston. I'm a Harvard trained board certified dermatologist. That's where I did my residency. I've been in the Boston area for the last um, about 12, 15 years now and uh, I'm uh, the director of hospital dermatology. Is one of the hospitals um, uh, just in the suburbs. Um, so primarily what I do is actually care for folks with medical dermatologic issues. Um, I actually don't do much um, cosmetic dermatology, believe it or not. And uh, our comp- the company here that we'll be discussing, K- uh, Boston Skin Science and KPOA rather, um, you know, it's not a beauty brand per se. It's more of a functional and utilitarian skincare company that um, addresses uh, specific concern, Keratosis Polaris. Um, so a little bit more about me. I um I wouldn't really be here today. Um, of course, if I wasn't in the dermatology field, but more importantly, um I don't think I'd be here if I didn't have KP myself. So keratosis polaris, you know, it's very common. I I um I didn't know I had it for um Until you know I saw a local dermatologist as I went in my teen years, and um for about 10, 10 years after that, you know it was a problem that was uh, sort of embarrassing to me it sort of uh had an impact on uh, on how I viewed my skin at that time at least um and I had a difficulty with managing so um about ten to fifteen years. Of trying different therapies and seeing you know dermatologists from uh you know the best institutions around the country um, ultimately landed on my own sort of um by accident on different approaches that ended up working really well um and <clears throat> i um I wanted to sort of stop there, but then I had kids you know i I'm married and I have two kids, two girls. And, uh, you know, they have 50% of my DNA. <laughs> so unfortunately, they also develop both eczema and KP. Um, so that's, you know, that's the short of it. But, but the and so they were my impetus for starting a brand because a lot of the products I was using on myself, I really didn't feel comfortable using on my kids, um, primarily around their approach to therapy and the ingredients that, that were uh, involved. Um, so... So, yeah. So, so, so that's sort of where, where I started.
1: Yeah. So what exactly is keratosis pilaris and what are the common symptoms that people have when they seek advice from a dermatologist?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. And um, so, so keratosis pilaris, you, you, you know, this is a, a defined entity. So it's defined in, in medical textbooks. And, uh, you know, it's de- generally described as follicular bumps. Follicular meaning it's the, the hair follicle openings, um, they, those openings become bumpy. And this is primarily located, the, these bumps are primarily located on the, uh, the upper arms, the, um, uh, sometimes the cheeks, but usually upper arms, thighs, and buttocks. a little bit on the back at times everyone's different so everyone has a version of their own kp of course just like everyone has different eczema or psoriasis or vitiligo but uh generally speaking those are the most common areas the the triceps and buttocks and and thighs and and cheeks and um and so the the hair follicle openings they're called um the infundibular or the infundibular um orifices, those areas become bumpy because um, hair follicles don't mature properly. Mm-hmm. And the skin cells there, corneocytes or the top layer of the skin layer, uh, are plugged. They basically create a little plug um, and the skin doesn't properly shed. Hair follicle doesn't mature and the, the, the cells don't shed. So it's um Th- that's what we observe and that's what we've seen. It doesn't answer the question of why it happens. And that that's sort of what always interested me. And, you know, most textbooks, and uh, there's very little research on why this happens. Um, interestingly, a lot of new r- research in dermatology is in the last really 10 years, we've, we've under, we finally understood, for example, how psoriasis works, why psoriasis happens has been such a long standing um, uh, sort of mystery from a biological perspective. We knew kind of how to treat it, but we didn't know why it happened. Um, And so KP is sort of in that state where we only recently started to find really biological explanations. but but again, from a what is it perspective, it's these little tiny bumps. Some folks call it chicken skin um, that mm-hmm. you'll see on the back of the arms. Oftentimes red, and oftentimes um, itchy, or um, sometimes painful, but usually more itchy than painful.
1: Exactly. How common is KP in the general population?
0: Yeah. So. Um, and and just to mention that I'll, I'll at some mm-hmm. point we'll come back to understanding yeah. more about the biology of keratosis pilaris. We can talk about this the news this new um, hypothesis called the lipid repair the lipid. Oh, yes. repair the the sort of the lipid pathology of kp and we'll come back to that but yeah i mean it, it's quite common interest you know it's about uh, depending on what population you're you're looking at but roughly the north american population roughly 50 to 60 percent uh will have kp up until the age of about 20. after the age of 20 Um, it drops a little bit. So maybe 40, 30 to 40% of the population will have it. Do you have it by the way?
1: I do. And then it just, uh, I have been dealing with it. and I do have that chicken skin um, on the back of my arms. Yeah. 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 And I have been treating it, you know, like anyone probably that has it, I've been trying to find ways um, not to aggravate it any further. And Mm -hmm. I've noticed that the less I touch it, the better it is for mm-hmm. me, you know, because in general, I do have sensitive skin. So I just stopped like trying to apply all these acids and <laughs> exfoli- exfoliants because, like what he said, um I, what caught my attention when you mentioned earlier, like the the cells or or the follicles are not shedding away. So yeah. I thought that I had to scrub even more, and then the but I yeah. just found out that it would just aggravate it even more. So maybe I think the type of scrub I was using or the way I was doing it was wrong.
0: <laughs> so do you remember how old you were when you first noticed you had? Um, um, I was
1: probably eight years old.
0: Oh, OK. Yeah. So that's a very, mm-hmm. very common story. You know, I see a lot of patients, um, usually uh, parents bringing in their son or daughter um, anywhere between eight to 15 years old. Wondering about you know the the what are these red areas or these red bumps um, that you know the teacher is wondering about or something like this and um, yeah that's the common age group where you'll see it become more prominent and more visible although you know like my two daughters they developed this condition in um, um, like probably six months of age um, and slowly are growing out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah, so you did mention the lipid repair concept, and Mm -hmm. um, which actually leads me to my next question. And I know this is what makes KPOA different. Can you talk more about this lipid repair concept?
0: Yeah, so so when um, you know when we were discussing like what Mm KP is, keratosis pilaris is, and it's um, and that question is what really has sort of driven. This brand and it's sort of finding the answer to that question. And I, I'm not going to say that I have all the answers, but mm-hmm. what what we found. So this is going back to about 2014, 2015. Uh, what uh, there was a very nice research uh, study done at, at University of San Francisco, UCSF, uh, and, and they actually looked uh, did a very in depth analysis of 20 individuals who had keratosis pilaris mm-hmm. and 20 that did not, and they did. All kinds of studies on these individuals to compare to the what they call normal uh, population to the KP population. They did. They took samples of skin, you know, skin biopsies from both where they have KP and skin where they don't have KP. They looked at their, um, uh, they actually did uh, DNA sequencing, which was really interesting. They did analysis of their pH of their skin, how their skin holds onto water or loses water, transepidermal water loss, um, and, and then compared it to the normal population. And there were, as, a, as overall, the findings showed that uh, basically, uh, the the folks with KP essentially had very similar um, out, uh, results to what you would see in someone with um, atopic dermatitis or eczema. Um, mm-hmm. Very uh, very easily uh, lose moisture; they don't retain moisture very well. Um, their pH is um, not as acidic, and they have. Um, and the the most interesting finding was, in the skin biopsies done, of keratosis pilaris skin. Uh, the this there was one critical component missing, and that was it, when they looked under the microscope. What was missing were sebaceous glands in all in every single individual. Now they had sebaceous glands in other parts of their body when they did the skin biopsy, but not where they had keratosis pilaris. And that finding I thought was very very important. Um, the the interestingly enough, those researchers really didn't go on to to discuss that in in more length, but um, that was uh, quite a striking finding and. Um, And sebaceous glands produce lipids, very, very important lipids. Those lipids allow our hair follicles to mature and those lipids allow the skin cells to shed. And without that, we'll have a a pathologic or incomplete shedding and and incomplete hair maturation. And and that um, fundamentally is a good reason why KP happens. It's one of the best explanations we've seen so far um, as to the fundamental issue with this lack of sebaceous glands. And interestingly enough, when discussing this with other dermatology colleagues, most, this is not written about in textbooks. Part of it is because it is sort of new, you know, it's in the last six, seven years. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: But the other part of it is, um, you know, most textbooks concentrate on the huge parts of dermatology, the cancers, the eczema, the psoriasis, vitiligo and these genetic conditions. But uh, so this, goes overlooked a little bit um, and, uh, and, and so this is where we come to the lipid repair concept right because if we don't have the sebaceous gland, we don't have the lipids we don't have the lipids we can't uh, we can't naturally and, and normally mature the skin in those areas leading to those rough bumps that you feel um, so what what our brand what kp is about is um returning the lipids uh, developing products that uh, essentially target the pathology, the original problem.
1: Yeah. What are these ingredients that are equated to
0: good lipids for the skin? Yeah. Very, very good question. <clears throat> so that's where we started. You know, this is where we sort of started our um, uh, research. And at that point, it was myself, and, uh, you know, looking at what ingredients would constitute a, a, a um, similar, some, what, what is similar to the natural skin. And um, those Um, there are certain plant-based oils that work really well. And there's two that are are the best for a couple of reasons. One is coconut oil, one is jojoba oil. Um, And then a couple of other very important um, fatty acid and molecules and lipids, squalene being a very important one. Um, And uh, fatty acid, the sort of esters that you you can find, but uh, the big ones, again, um, going back to Um, plant-based oils that are, that have similar composition to sebum or sebaceous gland-produced oils. So what we've landed on, like I said, was um, coconut oil, jojoba oil, and squalene. Um, And that's, you know, we were sort of, uh, was our foundation for our products.
1: So speaking of these good ingredients, what Uh are now the ingredients that we should be avoiding if we have KP?
0: Right. So, so that's a good question because, um, you know, oftentimes they'll see patients who, um, you know, correctly diagnose themselves, sometimes incorrectly, but those that uh, yeah. uh, correctly find out that they do have KP, um, there is a lot of information out there about all kinds of different ways to treat it from, you know, tick tock oils and oh. all mm-hmm. kinds of like harsh acids. Oh, and most, most of what's been, been out there is really, um about exfoliation and I don't blame the community about discussing exfoliation because frankly a lot of medical textbooks they in the last 40 50 years that's all that's been discussed when treating kp but the issue is is that like I said be, uh, earlier like this, the studies these these really in-depth studies of patients with kp they these individuals are more uh, should be treated more like individuals with um, atopic dermatitis or eczema those individuals have very sensitive skin so you really have to shift um, away from a lot of exfoliation to minimal exfoliation and a lot of moisturization and rebuilding you know lipid repairing and so what ingredients to avoid and primarily are those harsh um, sort of very strong high high percentage acids um, you know the high urea 40s the urea 20s the um, lactic 12 uh, percent alpha hydroxys that are anything above five percent is really going to be tough on your skin um now you know nothing's set in stone you know everyone is on a on a sort of a bell shaped curve on a spectrum some individuals do require a little bit of a stronger exfoliant to get ultimately clear the the bumps but by by and large most folks should avoid any high strength exfoliants you really want to be at a much lower number and concentrate on using excellent moisturizers with great ingredients and more, more importantly, few ingredients that are, you know, really good.
1: That's very eye opening. With this new understanding of KP, are there other factors that cause KP to develop like lifestyle, um, yeah. diet, or mm-hmm. even just, yeah, like application of certain products and like what you mentioned of certain harmful ingredients that contain harmful
0: ingredients? Yeah, good question. Yeah, so so, um, it, what are other causes of, of, you know, these findings that we call keratosis mm-hmm. pilaris? So there's one common one, well, obvious one, I should say, it's uncommon. It's low, uh, when when individuals have not enough inadequate vitamin A, vitamin A deficiency. That's not common in the Western world, but um, we, I've seen a few cases of this. So, um, so you, so you can develop these bumps on the arms when you don't have, um, adequate vitamin A. Mm. Now, a common, uh, more common trigger of this situation is, um, Accutane or isotretinoin. So, you know, folks that have acne, I myself had pretty bad acne as a teenager. Yeah. I was on Accutane too, but, um, but Accutane, we don't have that brand now. It's, I use Mm. the word Accutane because most folks know Accutane, but it's isotretinoin, the pill for acne. Um, that shrinks oil glands, and so a common side effect has always been uh, these bumps on the back of the arms when folks took um, um, isotretinoin or Accutane. And and so after the study came out, it was very, is understandable why, right? Because it sort of causes the same thing: shrinkage of oil glands. That's why acne actually goes away. You don't have as much oil being produced. You don't have the bacteria that's able to cat, uh, oh. use that oil and, and create uh, comedones. So. So in any case, so so accutane or isotretinone is a common trigger of this condition. And then there's actually uh, a few medicines that we use in, um, in oncology for cancer therapies. Um, uh, so these are uh, specific small molecule inhibitors, sometimes used in lung cancer um, and sometimes of renal cancers, but this is a rare situation. So sometimes medicines can trigger this condition. Uh, they're called EGFR inhibitors. And then um, in terms of diets, so um, I haven't, you know, I, I've I've had some patients who have switched diets and seen have seen their KP improve, and that's been primarily in two situ- two situations, and that's been folks that started to cut out a lot of gluten. You know, there's no written literature on this, but this is just from examples of uh, patients, and the other one is switching to Mediterranean high fatty acid diet. Um, so the, the, the olive oils, the extra virgin olive oils, um, and fish. So, so th- that's in terms of the diet that I've seen, um, lead to great results. Um, and then, y- you know, climates, uh, so what we've noticed is in individuals, for example, if you move from, um, um, high latitude, like, you know, closer to Canada, where you have a lot more dry air, um, on the East coast and move somewhere where high, higher humidity and warmer, like Florida. Um, the the um, the KP really improves, and and that makes a little bit of sense as well. You have higher water content in the skin, um, so mm-hmm. <clears throat> so that is something we've noticed. And then um, uh, in individuals who have KP and, and come to see us, who uh, start to use very rough, um, like for example, exfoliating mitts or very mm-hmm. um, unkind, I'll say, physical exfoliants. Um, you'll start to see worsening of their underlying KP um, and oftentimes triggering their underlying eczema that a lot of folks with KP have. Um, So yeah, so those are the general buckets of um, other situations where KP can worsen.
1: Yeah. No, I, I know you mentioned that um using harsh like mittens or exfoliants will yeah. aggravate your KP, but then you have your skin polish, right. which is great for KP. Can you speak more about yeah. this product?
0: Yeah, yeah. I I I um I, I really enjoy the, the the skin polish. So, um, this so so again, you know, when we developed KPOA, we started with um, the fundamental approach, which is moisturization. So, our our sort of first product that we've um, uh, that we sell on our website and Amazon is is a moisturizer cream in a tub. It's a, a thicker cream, quickly absorbing cream. And what we found is for about fifty to sixty percent of people. Who, who use this cream, maybe 70%, they find really good results. The other uh, percentage um, that uh, that use the cream, they find okay results, and they often find much better results when they combine it with a, um, a body wash usually, uh, or a low strength over-the-counter, like a very gentle certain type of exfoliant. So, the problem has been the body wash is it's hard to find a body wash that is a physical exfoliant that's um, environmentally friendly and doesn't use um, harsh acids. Okay, so this is where our skin polish came in. We have basically it took a while, but basically the, the polish uses, it's a physical exfoliant, so there are no chemicals. It uses only jojoba oil as the physical exfoliant. So what happens is that when the, uh, the oil hardens, the organic jojoba oil hardens, it turns into these little microcrystals, basically. Mm-hmm. And, and once you use it as a body wash, it actually dissolves and absorbs, right? So they're, it's oil, so it's friendly to the environment, it's great. Um, and it does a little bit of that physical exfoliation without any chemicals. And, and the, um, the actual crystals are just very soft and they'll absorb pretty quickly.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought because I have tried it, I thought I was going crazy. I was like, I feel like it's disappearing. But I was like, did it just, you know, go down the drain? But I guess, (laughs) I guess that's what it was. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah. But I mean, like, I thought like the the beads actually just like fell out. But like what you mentioned, they're absolutely break down and are absorbed by the skin. So that's really amazing. Yeah. And another story about your cream, I mm-hmm. do have sensitive skin. I can get like red marks. Just last week, it happened to me like, you know, I'm just like going about my day. I don't even know where I got this like raised red mark on like my thigh because I was wearing shorts. Mm-hmm. And then I, it was like really irritating. It started to get itchy. So I got your cream and I applied it. And the very next day it's just on instantly, you know I, I love that I, I put it all over my body. It feels really nice now I know what to reach out for if something is irritating my skin
0: yeah i uh, I'm a little jealous that you were wearing shorts last week. We were bundled up up here, so <laughs> I like <that> story. But, <laughs> but yeah, I mean you, you make a good point because a lot of um you know folks who self describe as having sensitive skin mm-hmm. it's um, it, it can be quite challenging to you know, avoid ingredients that trigger this or aggravate your Mm -hmm. skin, right? Because a lot of products Um, walking down CVS or Walgreens or, you know, any grocery store, if you want to pick up a good moisturizer, just a daily moisturizer, it's tough to find one with fewer than 10 ingredients. And once, you know, most, most products out there, um, you know, like I said, at the beginning, when we were, I was starting this company, one of the, uh, because of my kids, you know, they're, they're great products out there, you know, Cetaphil and CeraVe and Vanna cream, they make great products, but I, I, didn't feel comfortable with parabens, propylene glycols, mm. um, and some of the sulfates that, that were in the uh, products, um, for my kids. So, uh, so, you know, that was one of the big triggers for me to sort of start something um, on my own.
1: Yeah, no, that's great. So, I mean, like my sensitive, my skin is so sensitive that I'm even afraid to get my makeup done by other people because mm. once they start using the brushes, mm-hmm. just like the, Bristles itself. Just the yeah. fact that it's probably my minutely poking my skin, I start getting uh, r- like raised bumps. So that's how sensitive my skin is. Wow, yeah. And Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, I'm but very now ca- I have to, yeah. Yeah, Be very cautious with you know who touches your, especially the face. The face is a common area where a lot mm-hmm. of um, allergic and irritant contact dermatitis develops. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. that's very smart of you to um, you know be very picky yeah. about who uh, who does what on your
1: skin but the the thing is like they just go down my my, i would get the race red bumps or um aggravation on my skin but like after two hours it's gone so it's just a really immediate reaction that my skin does (sighs) yeah sounds like a
0: little bit of a hive-like reaction like hives yeah yeah
1: Hive. And then, but with the, um, since I have the, um, KP condition, I have been using your KP away on that. And then actually, I mean, I can show it. There's like nothing anymore. Like, so it's (laughs) like smooth. So (laughs) yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. So I I, I'm so excited about this product. And I know a lot of people have this skin condition that I've actually read is so common that it's second only to acne. That's pretty amazing. Yeah
0: yeah especially like in the early year you know up until the age of eighteen to twenty you know acne acne is about eighty percent of people uh have acne through teenage years at least from north american data um and k p is right right behind there in terms of frequency uh and then you know the the late Later in life, sort of, you'll see much less acne, of course, and more mm-hmm. eczema and psoriasis and the, these other conditions. But the frequency of KP really only decreases a little bit, not as much as we we would think. Um, you know, so a lot of uh, a, a lot of textbooks will say, you know, KP get really gets better with age and mm. um and, and so that that was that was for example that was something a lot of doctors told me and so i was like all right well i guess i'll wait another five years and then i yeah. i was like 28 years old i was like what in the world's happening it's like you know it's not going anywhere
1: <laughs> so yeah
0: it's uh it, I, I don't it, in reality it doesn't seem that kp is is a condition that drastically improves as we age it, it does not seem that way um yeah, sense, it yeah. maintains so, high frequency in the population.
1: Yeah, so it definitely doesn't really go away on its own.
0: Most of, yeah, it's it's yeah. that's that would be the exception, not the rule.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um correct me if I'm wrong, but I've noticed that uh you know skin conditions like acne and eczema are more talked about than KP. Why yeah. is that it when it is actually very common?
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, um so uh I would say <laughs> like i said you know half of the patients i probably see on a daily basis for other things whether it's skin mm-hmm. cancer or or eczema or psoriasis mm-hmm. a lot of them have kp and a lot of those people don't even realize they have kp so Mm. so that's one of the features of kp is that oftentimes it it doesn't cause symptoms like eczema which causes a lot of itch or obviously acne which you're going to see in the mirror you know the back of the arms Mm. uh majority of people who have it will probably not notice it that much or maybe notice it and just not pay too much attention to it uh but but a lot of people, it, it really does affect to a significant extent. And so I think, I think that um, because the, the overwhelming majority who have KP um, are not particularly bothered by it, or they don't really seek out medical advice and, and usually just, you know, treat with something over the counter. That, well, that's why it doesn't become a, a huge uh, part of the medical community literature and research and so forth yeah that makes sense
1: um well here at hello beauty we have a philosophy and it's say hello to the beauty in you what advice can you give to those who are trying to discover their beauty within
0: trying to discover their beauty within so that's you know that's a that's a great question you know on a on a just a big scale you know it doesn't have to be with keratosis pilaris um but you know, there's sort of a couple of ways that I think, and and patients ask similar, you know, thoughts because, you know, KP, when I was young, also affected how I felt about myself, for example, but um, Mm -hmm. uh, there was a a nice uh, Shakespeare quote that said, you know, self-love my liege is not so vile of a sin as self-neglect, right? So, so there, we have to take care of ourselves. We have to respect ourselves. Um, And, and once you respect yourself, you know, there's, there's, I think three main components of respecting yourself. Right? There's um, um, emotional, uh, mental, and physical well-being. So we have to develop those things. We have to create routines to improve and continuously improve those aspects. Um, and once we develop those aspects, I think others around you will respect you inherently because you respect yourself. And and fundamentally, I think that's sort of the goal that all of us are probably trying to reach. Uh, but those are the three that I always come back to, uh, continually improving our emotional, mental, and physical well-being and respecting yourself.
1: No, I love that. It's such a great reminder. This is more for the personal side. What is something exciting in store for you? It could be personal and or KPOA. Well,
0: um, thank you for, for asking that. So there's a couple of things. <clears throat> um, uh, in terms of personal, my family is actually making a big move to to, to live closer to um, our family. We have a big family and family is very important to us. And right now we don't have much family around us. So we're actually moving from Boston area to um, upstate New York area. Oh, wow. um, so I'm looking forward to that in the next year or so. But from, um, from our brand and KPUA, you, you know what? Uh, one thing we did recently was add on the skin polishes for the body wash component. And in the next roughly six months, we have um, there's two other products coming out. One is a great body oil. Um, a very pure organic um, jojoba and squalane body oil, um, and then a uh, we've been our our uh, customers and some of our patients have been asking us for um, a gentle exfoliant because ultimately a small percentage of of our patients uh, our customers rather um, do benefit from from a very gentle um, cream exfoliant and so we're uh, we finally found a formula we're still in the final process of, of tweaking it a little bit. Um, so I'll I'll have to send you some, but so yes, we have two additional new products coming out. I'm I'm, I'm very excited about that.
1: Yeah, that's so exciting. Do you think you'll eventually venture out into creating a, a sunscreen?
0: Oh, that's a that's a great question. Mm-hmm. Why, why do you ask?
1: Well, because I know sunscreen is such a hot type of um, you know product right now nowadays. Yeah. But I know you don't position yourself uh, or KPOA as a beauty brand but just yeah. very curious, but I know if it's under wraps, it's okay.
0: <laughs> you can no, let me it's... know
1: offline <laughs> and then yeah. we, we can have you back on, um, next time about, if this has, great... has just... launched. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Sunscreen is, is very important. I I'm not working on, on a sunscreen mm. uh, at this moment. Um, and you know, it's not, it doesn't necessarily align with KPU per se, but, mm. um, yeah, I, I agree. I think, uh, You know, I actually tell most of my patients to spend more time investing in um, sun protective clothing than sunscreen nowadays. Um, So like UPF Mm -hmm. clothes, especially for the athletes, runners, bikers. I've heard
1: about that actually. Um, So sun
0: protective clothing is much um, is the way to go. um, But if I do come up with a cool sunscreen, I would have to have to be back on here, I guess.
1: Yeah, and definitely, definitely <laughs> gonna have you back on for your amazing new products that you have in the pipeline. So, a lot of my listeners and viewers they love finding out what my guest beauty routine is, you know, mm-hmm. overall grooming routine. So, talk to me about your hair care and skincare routine, morning um, to night. Okay. Quickly yeah, include products. You're asking <laughs> on the day where I like
0: had a pimple the other day. I was. I was oh like, my gosh, it's <laughs> not obvious. Worst worst day to have it but you know it's a, so so such as life um i i'm a big believer in um so a uh, minimalistic approach with high intensity uh interventions um infrequently so what i mean by that is i i think that um so preventative therapies like wearing basic sunscreen some um titanium and zinc only sunscreens that i wear <clears throat> uh on a pretty much daily basis um and then uh i do have i am a big fan of laser therapy um again infrequently but with uh the right fractionated laser resurfacing therapies um botox therapy once in a while is always uh, a good one um and uh and and once in a while you can do a um a gentle peel so um in terms of other specific products to use um, you know, moisturizers, you, you know, what moisturizers I use, uh, <laughs> the hair care products. So I like seen S E E N it's a nice mm. brand, um, of, uh, skin friendly hair care actually started by another Harvard, derma- uh, uh Harvard trained dermatologist who she graduated a few years before I did. Um, and she's, um, she has a great brand out there conditioner and, um, and then, uh, actually on my, on KPY.com, I there was a I did a blog post because a lot of folks asked me about you know products I use with my kids, and so you'll see some product recommendations on there, including uh, the Honest brand. They have a few good products, but the the you know the <clears throat> the the tricky thing with recommendation is that it's hard to recommend a brand because even within like the Cerave family or the Honest brand family, there are products that have ingredients which um I avoid. Um, and so I, I tend to be quite picky about specific uh products within the family. Um, there's a great sunscreen company out of Vermont called the Vermont um uh, I think it's called the Vermont uh Company or something like this. And and they have a great um uh, very minimal ingredient list for sunscreens. Uh and um and so that's you know that's kind of where I concentrate is reading the ingredient list making sure it's minimal, making sure I can you know, understand what's in it. Um, and that's who I tend to choose.
1: Yeah, no, that's amazing. Well, where can they find you to learn more about you and KPOA. Um, do you have a public Instagram and maybe where you talk about KP?
0: Yeah, uh, so, you know, kpoa.com, that's the brand. That's uh, the company website. Um, it's on Amazon as well. Uh, we've been on Amazon, I think, since uh, 2016 or so. Mm. Um, and our Instagram is actually um, at keratosis pilaris, so pretty easy to remember. Mm. But before okay. I go, I wanted to ask yeah. you what your favorite sunscreen is.
1: Oh, Elta M D. Do you think that's a good one? <laughs> M
0: D is good. Yeah, they have a yeah. they have a couple good ones. Be careful, you know. Some got pulled off the market recently. You know, for oh benzene, the sprays oh. did yeah um, so, I,
1: I don't use the spray yeah I like it because it's just very light on the skin um, yeah. I'm, I already have an oily type of skin so I, I like things that are that feel lighter on the skin
0: yeah that's great mm-hmm. um and I think yeah okay. I'll try
1: that Vermont soap company
0: oh yeah sorry Vermont soap company was for um the body oh, it's, oh, okay. it's called badger badger Skincare.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. I have heard yeah. of that. Yeah. Badger wondering.
0: skincare. They do a very good job with, um, sunscreen, uh, that's minimalistic. Coolie bar is a good brand for clothing. Coolie bar. You might've seen them for like sun clothing.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, a lot
0: of, a lot of my patients like coolie bar. I like coolie bar.
1: Yeah. i wonder cause like I go hiking a lot. I live very near Runyon Canyon here in oh, Hollywood. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, Sometimes I obviously I love getting a ten, but I know that that's not good for your skin all the time. So yeah, I think I will I will check this band out and maybe if they have because I also try to protect off the top of my hands. You know when I'm driving, try to mm-hmm. wear gloves. I know my friends make fun of me. They're like, why are you wearing gloves? <laughs> I'm like, it's yeah. my way of being speed racer, but at the same time protecting yeah. protecting my skin. Yeah. So yeah, I'll t- check out that brand and maybe if they have any gloves. I know I already look crazy whenever I go out. I still hike with like a big wide brim hat. I don't care. <laughs> We're in Hollywood. Hey, I, you're, yeah.
0: you're smart. You're gonna have not too many trips to uh, get your skin cut off, so that's good for you.
1: Yeah, no, that's good. Coming from a dermatologist, I feel good about all the practice I've been doing, but yeah. yeah. Thank you so much, Anar. I had so much fun speaking with you and learning more about character arts. Uh,
0: it was a pleasure, Joyce, and I'd be glad to join you anytime.
1: That's amazing. I'm so excited. Yeah, definitely for second episode sometime soon.
0: Thank you. Yeah, once we get uh, other things rolling, of course, we'll let you know. But if you know, if you need any other advice or you have concerns, and I have some good colleagues out in you know LA, if you need any help, let me know.